The city of Flagstaff wants people to conserve water. It's offering a $500 rebate to homeowners to replace at least 1,500 square feet of lawn with rocks or native plants. I'm Bill Whitney, CBS News. The following is a paid program. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the management and staff of 1110 AM KAOI. Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Omwake. Good morning, Maui. It's Jim Jacobson. Mary Omwake will be joining us in a very few moments. It's a beautiful day here on Maui. You know, I was delighted to see the space shuttle land, and people were happy that the space shuttle landed just the way it was supposed to, and people come into the studio just as they're supposed to. Mary is joining us. Um, it was amazing to see that because folks had been thinking for so long and concerned about whether the space shuttle was going to land and so much energy and time and love was put into that that it was great to see that happen this morning. Wasn't it, Mary? Well, I got up early and they landed early. They, did you get up? I, I, I did watch it, yeah. It I was, did watch it. Well, I looked at three clocks, the one at the church and the one in my car, and I was coming in five minutes early. So, aloha to everyone. Shifting. It's that time shift. Well, I've been, you know, New York City and Washington, but I kind of thought I was back on Mary time, but all the clocks in the church are off. Okay. Well, wow. let's all, let's all set our clocks to K-A-O-I time. No, I'm sure you all know better <laughs> because you're running on something else. We've got some great um, talks that we're going to hear from Dr. Joe. He's, he's going to be on our program today. in just a few minutes. In fact, I'm going to have Gary call him right now. And then we're also going to be talking with Christy Ellison about the movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dr. Joe is, of course... Um, well known from the movie What the Bleep Do We Know and I think my favorite part about what he did in that movie is certainly something that has impacted me every day is I make a conscious effort to plan my day to kind of think about what's going to happen during that day kind of in those early morning moments when you wake up and and you just kind of plan your day and you look for signs subtle signs from the universe as to what's going to happen and and how am I going to create my own day well, he makes that statement, I create every moment of my day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun to talk to him today and ask him about that. Mm-hmm. And I certainly, I've been setting intentions now at least 20 years. Yeah. And uh, my grandson was setting intentions when we were in Washington, D.C. And he's 13. Well, so he's thir- he's been doing it since he's about four, wow. three or four or five, because about bicycles and skiing and, yeah. and what he wants his life to be. And, and it, it, part of him is going, when, when we took this great trip, I remember he turned to me on the plane. He said, we wrote this down, Grandmother. We wrote it down five, six years ago that we take this great trip. Mm. So, um, you know, it's just, it's wonderful to see it. And what I do is, is um, you know, I just, like I did this morning, I, I know who I'm going to meet with today yeah. and where I'm going to be, and Dr. Joe, and with, uh, with you, and yeah. then Gary. And uh, and all day long because this is my twelve hour day. I have one twelve hour day. This is this is the day that <laughs> you work. It. So you really have to spend a little extra time planning out your day and manifesting. Well, it. all I what I do is I I just send out golden light mm-hmm. that enfolds everyone in the infinite possibility of God's goodness, and mm-hmm. I know I'm going to meet them there at mm-hmm. some point during the day, and something wonderful is going to take place. And so every today up through four uh, T, which mm-hmm. is about twenty five of us, and the last that's enfolding them all in the light. And knowing when I get home tonight, the same light is everywhere I go. You know, we live, move, and have our being in this infinite field of possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, just to send that golden light out and let the magnificent express. But it's especially important when the day is full. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited. I hope we have Dr. Joe on the line, do we? He's on the line, right? Joe? Yes. Hey. Welcome. This is Joe Dispenza. And uh, you're hearing Jim Jacobson, our producer, and I'm Mary Omwig. And we're so excited that you would take time to talk to us uh, because we're looking forward to your visit here in Maui. I'm looking forward to coming, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we all saw you in What the Bleep, and you made that astounding statement. Um, am I uh, quoting it correctly? I create every, every activity of my day. I create my day, every moment of it. I mean, you didn't leave any room for error. <laughs> Well, I, 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 uh, 
It just was in the flow, I think, in that moment. I think they caught it just right. Yeah. But, uh, what has life been like since that since that movie must have propelled you to a whole new level of awareness in terms well, of people being aware of you, Joe? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm getting recognized in airports, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But uh, on, on the uh, more serious side, the, uh, the movie, I think, really speaks to people's potential and, and for the last seven years or so, I've been doing a lot of uh, lecturing pretty much around the world, talking about a lot of the things and a lot of the concepts that are discussed and what to believe. I think the biggest change, though, that I've seen is that people in the United States <clears throat> are really opening up to, to accepting some of these concepts, whereas in other countries, they're pretty much more, actually more accepting. So uh, it's, it's allowed me to lecture more in the United States than, say, uh, Hong Kong or Italy or Scotland or wherever I've been. So now, did I hear you say that other cultures are more receptive or more already there, or um, or did I mishear that? Well, no, what I meant probably by it more than anything is that, you know, people in the United States are more prone to um, skepticism. They're more prone to, you know, seeing as believing. And mm. uh, I think the movie was a good... Um, way in a media sense that that spoke to people in a way that allowed them to say, you know, I've always believed in this, but I didn't know how to put it in the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think America's kind of woken up from it. Well, that's interesting you share that because, you know, I kind of in some ways think of us as the leading edge because New Thought is the only truly American contribution to the world body of religion, and it basically is uh, what what you shared on What the Bleep. I mean, it it's just foundational to our understanding. So that's interesting. I would have, I, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm loving that, that you're finding that to be true. Yeah, it, it, there's a, I mean, now when we do lectures in the United States or when I do lectures now locally, uh, the people are so enthusiastic about it. And I think that the, the, the movie was kind of a transition for people to really step up and say, you know, I could never put this in the words. I couldn't say it the way the movie said it, mm-hmm. but I always knew it. That, so it's kind yeah. of gotten people off the fence, I think, more than anything else. Well, we're looking forward because you're going to be here on Maui and you're going to do a, fra- a Friday night at the Maui Arts and Cultural Center on Labor Day. You know, we talked with them, Dr. Joe, about doing a program on Labor Day, and the reason it was open is because they've never done events on Labor Day, and I think it's going to be phenomenal because I think we're going to pick up a lot of people vacationing here on Maui. We're going to do a last-minute publicity blitz. We're starting now, but we're going to do real heavy that very week for people that are here visiting and go, wow, we can go see what the bleep. Well, Labor Day represents kind of that transition as people kind of get out of the summer mentality and get back into thinking about their their lives. And I couldn't think of a better way to do it than, than with this seminar. Well, right, because the first one is your brain and your potential. And one of the things you say is that it's critical, one of the most critical skills in shaping everything in our life is the conscious use of our own brain. Tell us more about that. Well, we, you know, we can't really perceive anything in our world that our brain isn't wired to first perceive. Mm-hmm. And what we're learning scientifically is that the brain is actually moldable and changeable from things that we learn and things that we experience. The problem is with most people, they reach a certain age in their mid-30s and they, they stop learning. Mm-hmm. And so we perceive reality centrally. And as we perceive reality through our senses, our brain records that information and wires it. But can we perceive reality uh, if we could change the wiring based on the knowledge that we gain? And the answer, of course, is absolutely. So it's about then <clears throat> adding to the substructures and the formatting of our brain to, to cause us to experience a greater sense of the world. Is that all done mentally? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll use scientific experiments to show how mental rehearsal and how um, actual um, experiences actually change the the, uh, the neurological networks in the brain, so people could uh, people could understand what, what I'm talking about. Does that deal with the concept of neuroplasticity? A- absolutely, the concept is plasticity. Okay. And our plasticity is our ability to learn and change. What what happens? Plastic, what happens in the mid 30s? Well, <clears throat> it's kind of an interesting idea, but every time we fire a thought, every time we make a thought happen in the brain. For every thought that we make, we make a chemical. And if we have great thoughts or unlimited thoughts or happy thoughts, we make chemicals that make us feel happy or unlimited. And if we have negative thoughts or 
suffering thoughts or painful thoughts. We make chemicals from our brain that make the body feel like it's suffering or it's in pain or it's, or it's limited. Now, once the body starts to feel a certain way, in other words, the thought becomes matter. The thought becomes a chemical, and that chemical signals the body to feel the way it, the brain was thinking. The moment we start to feel the way we're thinking, we start to think the way we're feeling. In other words, if you have an insecure thought, in the next moment, you're going to feel insecure. Once you start to feel insecure, you're going to st start to think more like an insecure person, which is going to cause you to feel more insecure, which is going to cause you to think more insecure thoughts. And this feedback loop between the brain and the body continues until ultimately feeling becomes the means of thinking. By the time we're in our 30s, what typically happens is most people use feeling as a means of thinking. Now, feelings aren't bad. Feelings are an appropriate state or, the, or what we call the end product of an experience. When we experience something, all of, the, all of our senses are processing the information in our environment, and they're sending a rush of chemicals back to the, uh, uh, back to the brain, and the brain is making more chemicals. And those, those chemicals that are released in the brain are what we call feelings. We can remember experiences better because we can remember how they feel. Mm -hmm. And so what people typically do in their 30s is they stop having new experiences. So their only choice is to rely on the feelings and emotions of things that they've already experienced, and that becomes their identity. Hmm. When that happens, we more than likely are going to live at our genetic destiny. In other words, we're going to turn out more like our parents with the same diseases and propensities that they had genetically. So if we continue to evolve our brain and we continue to make new circuits and new connections based on taking knowledge and applying it to have a new experience, modifying our behavior, we continue to change the way the brain works and really cause more plasticity to further evolve it. And they, we know from a scientific standpoint that people that live above 100 years old are the ones that continue to learn and change. That is beautiful. So the idea is to expose yourself to new, to constantly to new ideas and, and experiences at the same time. Absolutely. I, our friend uh, Mark Victor Hansen talks about, uh, he talks about the different ages. There's chronological age and then there's experiential age. Mm -hmm. Which is like, you know, he, he wants to die with having the experience of someone who's lived a couple hundred years. And so I think in, in certain ways, that's kind of what you're talking about. And how, do, and how then do those chemicals from the brain then, which then ultimately cause feelings to take the, the, the front seat, the driver's seat, how can we then create new experiences that make new emotions and new chemicals? And, and, Dr. and, and if we don't, then we're pretty much at the at the end of our of our, our experience, and now the body is just going to live out its genetic destiny. This is so critical, and I'm so excited because the, on the Friday night, September 2nd, we're just going to, I know, have a huge crowd. When you talk about your brain and your potential, but Saturday, you're going to have a workshop that's four hours long, the science of creating personal reality. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there thinking what happens, you know, we meet these people that are just in the zone. Everything they touch is amazing. They just, they, you know, even if they get a divorce or get fired, there's just a momentum on their life, which I, it seems to me they've got something going on in their vibration, in their brain. But we also meet people, Dr. Joe, that have just gotten down in the dumps. And what what kind of tools are you going to give them to turn this around? You uh, know, once you're on, on the roll, just keep uh, it going. But when of course, you're, it's easy to work with the people that are on a roll. But yeah. <laughs> we all love to work with those people. <laughs> yeah, well, I talk about the biology of change, yeah. and I'll talk yeah. about it. There is, a, in fact, an absolute biology when we change. Now, most people think that they change their mind, you know, that they're going to look to see some effect in their world. And really, they're changing their mind and then looking to see if it worked. That's not change. Change happens when we can wire that knowledge in our brain and make it a complete system. And it has to be so wired and so intact that that becomes the new platform of that person's expression of self. We'll talk a lot about that because when we begin to wire new circuits and new patterns in the brain, the amazing thing that happens is that the old circuits that were held together, that were unworthiness and insecurity and victimization, that when we rewire new circuits, the new circuits that are created really steal the glue from the old circuit. So the person then becomes less of their suffering self and more of a new individual. And we can literally be born again in the same lifetime if we understand how to make those changes more permanently in our brain. So 
the people who are suffering and the people who are stuck in after a traumatic experience, the idea then is to teach them that in order for them to create a new life, in order for them to create a new experience, in order for them to create new relationships or a new job or new circumstances in their life, that in the process of creating, in the science of creating reality, the one thing that we know from a scientific standpoint is the only thing that has to be abandoned is our emotional state. We have to put our emotional state aside in order to create a new life. And I'll talk about what part of the brain actually turns on that quiets down those emotional centers and it is the seat of our observation in the, in the brain that allows it to do it. It's called the frontal lobe. And, and so I'll talk about what happens in the brain when we create reality, what happens when we're being human, when we're in survival, which is, you know, we spend the majority of our day and our living day, most human beings, in the automatic circuits of survival. But what happens in that process of creation? What happens to the brain, and what is the distinct difference? And so people will walk away with a very clear idea of when they're their old self creating more of the same, or when they can actually begin to format new patterns and circuits that will begin to be their new future. You said something really interesting, that as you create this new view of yourself, this new awareness, that it literally draws the glue. It's actually going to use the old. to f- is, is that right? To, to absolutely correct. Yeah. It's these building blocks. It's what right, chem- so chemically. Chemical, the chemical, the chemical um, called neurotrophic chemicals that cause the neurons to stay hardwired. When we start making new circuits, the glue is sold from those old circuits, and they're used for the new circuits. So when, once they're used for the new circuits, those connections that were holding the person together intact as a victim or someone who's suffering or feeling unworthy, those connections are literally going to be pruned away. They're going to be changed. That's the process of change, and I'll, I'll show video clips of that. So uh, this would only be for people who really would like to change their lives. This would not be a place just to come down and listen to an interesting lecture. I mean, it's going to push <laughs> well, your button. I find it interesting, but I'll give you if you want to if you want to move from the from the couch to the you know to your world, you'll have the tools to do it. Will you hold on? We have to take a moment to thank our sponsors, and we'd love to come back and 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 have a few more insights from you. The movie that caught everybody's attention last year, What the Bleep, will be showing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the weekend before you come, Joe, that last weekend in August. Mm-hmm. I think it's the 26th, 27th, 28th. Okay. Uh, kind of repriming the interest, and uh, then we're really excited. This is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Am I saying your name right? That's correct. Okay, and he's the he was the good-looking chiropractor who said, I create my day in the movie. We'll be right back with Dr. Joe, and thanks our sponsors for listening. Are you looking for a luxury resort property in Wailea, McKenna, or Kapalua? Or maybe you have a home that you'd like to sell. Ron Calvert and Scott Dean of Caldwell Banker Island Properties at the Grand Wailea Resort Hotel offer you experience, integrity, and a proven track record. They can be reached at 875-7000. Ron and Scott can also assist you in staging your home to maximize its potential. They can be reached at 875-7000. Give them a call. Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with the refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality. Or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic. Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's Premier Mortgage various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the Magicians at either office location. Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui, call 665-8800. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m., at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. Now, once again, on Conversations with Friends, here's Mary Omway. And what a good day it is because we're talking to Dr. Joe Dispenza, who many people became conscious and aware of in the movie What the Bleep, but you've been teaching and lecturing for years. Isn't that the truth? That's the truth, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Isn't it? It was like this instant success, and someone's been honing their skills and their gifts for overnight success. Yeah. that only takes a, a lifetime to get to. Well, getting recognized. Once you get recognized in the airports and at the supermarket, something's happened, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, my real interest though is to see people turned on from, I think, applying science and using science as a way to understand how they can reach their own personal greatness. That's what I think was so profound about your contribution to the movie and and some of the other people who are in the movie is that for people who are more skeptical or for people who felt the spiritual inclination, they now had a scientific resource to look at to validate their experience. Absolutely. And, and, and And I think that most people are... There's, there's such a hunger for people to move away from conventional uh, social consciousness with mm-hmm. movies and media and news and, and, and being programmed in a certain way and, and actually have a film that speaks to their own greatness, mm-hmm. that speaks to every individual and doesn't exclude anybody because if you're alive and your heart's beating and you have a brain... You can process the quantum field and make measurable changes in your own life. And the movie really said, here's science. We're going to take this from thought all the way down to the cell. We're going to take it from within to without. And at the same time, we're going to have a storyline of a person who's handicapped, who's living in her emotional past. Mm -hmm. And let's see if, by changing her mind and by understanding important information, if she can then produce a transition in her own life, and everybody secretly wants permission to change, everybody wants to have the opportunity to have another chance. And if you can say that science says it, it gives people permission then to try it out for themselves. And, and I always caution my, in my lectures, I always say, we should never let science, though, give us permission to do it, because if we do, we're just going to make science another religion. What we have to do is go out and be the mavericks and the individuals to create and do something fabulous and then have science come and study us and say, how in the world are you doing that? <laughs> now we're talking about greatness. Well, I just, what I especially love, because it's my, my path and my passion, is that science is now documenting what every mystic has been teaching. Behold, I make all things new. You know, yeah, absolutely. It says, in Christ we are designed to live from glory to glory. That blows people's minds. But you're, you're inviting people to say, hey, you're wired to live a wonderful, exciting, And you're actually life. using the names of the chemicals that help <laughs> do the wires. <laughs> Which makes it so accessible to so many people to say, oh, that's just scripture for those people up on a mountaintop someplace. Right. And yeah. you're coming down and saying, no, here's some practical, here's how it works. And uh, I just love the time we're living in, Joe. I just it's think it's the most... Time. It's, you know, and, and it's as if there's help coming from every angle to, to wake us up and keep us moving, and it's exciting. What the bleep was so popular? Is there a sequel planned? Oh, yes, I saw the sequel uh, just a couple weeks back. I was with the uh, writer, and uh, there was a bleep conference in uh, Portland, Oregon, and some of the scientists were there, and he asked if, we thought, if he thought, you know, we thought it was a good idea if he... Uh, he would show it, and we said, "Yeah, show it, and let's see what happens." So, I saw the sequel, the, and it's uh, it was three and a half hours, so it was very long. Yeah. And uh, he, of course, is going to be doing a lot of editing. But what I like about Will Lawrence more than anything else is he takes he takes feedback and criticism so well that he isn't he doesn't hold on to it like you know he doesn't hold on to it too tightly. He'll let people react to it, listen to their suggestions. And then make the changes, and and he did that with the first one exceptionally well. And this one here is a lot more quantum physics, the second one, and it's a little bit more scientific. And I think that, you know, I think he was shooting to use more quantum physics and hard science in there because he's trying to appease some of those critics that said it was soft science. Of course, it wasn't, but you know. But you know, it was practical science. And maybe that's what it was. It, it, All science should be practical. Yeah, but it was. It, he made the movie for the masses, don't right. you think, to wake people yeah. up to what's this all around? This wasn't for MIT. Yeah, this wasn't to go into the postdoctoral program. Of well, work. I've sat in uh, panel discussions at universities uh-huh. over the last year, and uh-huh. you know, I've sat with scientists that were just so upset with the movie, and of course, uh, some of us sat there and and, and uh, debated with them, and it was fabulous because. Uh, when they got right down to it, they had to finally say it's possible. And we took them right to the end, you know, step for step, you know, 
knock for knock and shot for shot, when we got to the very end, we finally had to say, it, you know, it probably is possible. It, it should be possible. Because now what makes it so unique is we're talking about mind, and mind is a very subjective thing. But could you improve the mind? Could you make the brain and the mind work better? Well, I'll talk about that in Maui, that, that absolutely you can make your brain and your mind work better, and there are scientific experiments to prove it, to make the brain work better. And if you can make your brain work better, and you can make the mind work better, who's making the brain and the mind work better? Well, give us a preview. What can we do? Is there a simple thing that, we, that you can describe for us that we can do to make our mind work better? Well, the most common thing that makes the brain and the mind work better is to focus on a single-minded thought. What sharpens the brain, what sharpens the skill of observation, what makes our brain actually function at a higher potential is to focus on a single-minded thought for an extended period of time. Because when we focus on a single-minded thought, what happens in the brain is that it changes. There comes a moment when the frontal lobe, the crowning achievement of the human being, turns on. And when that turns on, the frontal lobe lowers the volume to all the other circuits in the brain. And the bottom line is, when we can focus on a single-minded thought, we can make thought more real than anything else. That's the privilege of being a human being. That's what makes us so unique, is that we can make thought more real than the external world, more real than time, more real than the environment. Is this an exercise that you do on a regular basis? Uh, well, you know, I, I do a lot of exercises on a regular basis, but... A simple one that people should practice is focusing on a candle. Yeah. And when you're able to sit still and focus on a candle and put all of your conscious attention on it, you'll begin to get your brain to work better. Now, most people, they sit down for a period of time and then they start noticing that they're in pain or they start noticing their back hurts or they start noticing that take, you know, they're concerned about time or they're thinking about the environment. Those are all the parts of the brain that we normally use to process our external world. That's not focusing. That's reacting. When we focus, we, be, we can become so involved with what we're focusing on that there is no body, there is no environment, there actually is no longer any time. And we have the ability to do that because our brain is wired to do it. The average human being loses their attention span six to ten times per minute. Mm. What does that tell you about our skill to observe? We're not doing very good. You know, maybe that's why only a few subatomic particles respond to the nature of reality. But what if we could hold a long thought for an extended period of time? Well, now we're talking about using the brain in its proper format, moving from survival to creation. And the process is a single-minded thought. Is this so a lot different? This is a lot different. How is this distinguished from meditation? Well, meditation, <clears throat> let's see how I can say this. Meditation, I don't... I have difficulty with the word, first of all, because meditation, there's so many forms of meditation, and there's so many colloquial definitions of it that, that people get lost. But I talk about mental rehearsal, and mental rehearsal means allowing yourself to concept yourself in the experience. And if you can become so involved in that experience that your brain will actually track your thoughts when they become more real than the external world as if you are experiencing them. And when we mentally rehearse, when we sit and we mentally rehearse, we know that we grow circuits in the brain because there's been enough experiments with brain scans and mental rehearsal to see people change the way they're wired within a two-week period of time. So we'll talk about mental rehearsal at length uh, and, and that weekend. When when uh, you talk about single-minded, looking at a candle, what length of time do you recommend for people beginning? <laughs> well, to start off, most people should just do it for about a half an hour. And the idea is to focus on the candle. Mm -hmm. When their mind wanders to something else, bring mm -hmm. it back. Because and once their mind wanders and you notice that it's wandered, wandering, who's bringing the mind back? Mm -hmm. No longer... Mm -hmm. You're no longer at effect. Mm -hmm. Now you are the consciousness mm -hmm. manipulating the brain to bring it back to the moment. Mm -hmm. So that's a, so, that's a benefit of the that's a benefit of the process. I was going to call it the candle meditation, but that's the benefit is bringing it back to focus. Because because it takes awareness to do that. Mm -hmm. But when you're unconscious, so many times during a normal moment, we go unconscious back to m feelings and emotions that define us from the past. That's 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 creating more of the past. To, to practice on a single-minded thought, uh, people people have had uh, pain disappear in their body. They've had, you know, releases in different parts of their body. They've had changes in their world as a result of just taking their attention off 
all the things that they keep their attention on and a normal day that keeps everything status quo. Mm. That's where everything stays the same in our life because most of our attention is sent to the things that we already know. How could the unknown or the uncommon or the unfamiliar ever happen when the majority of our time is spent on processing information that we already know? Quantum field still responds, but it only responds equal to what we know. And that's why the supernatural and the uncommon and the, and the fabulous and the remarkable and all those things never manifest in people's lives. It's not because they're not wired for it. It's just that their attention is in the wrong place. So with this uh, focusing on the candle, uh, we're, we have a lot that's of people listening. Thing. There's going to be a lot of people today going to sit down and focus on that candle. That somehow kicks in something in the frontal lobe that then opens you to being more present to possibility? Is, is that, I mean, it, it, it unlocks. Well, begin- it's like yeah. an exercise to use. Mm-hmm. So then when they sit down and they learn the process of creation, they'll already know how to steal their mind or center their mind to one thought. And, and then you follow it up with your... Um, then your you follow it with creating your day or you follow it with, uh, you know, uh, creating a reality or mm-hmm. whatever it is or making mm-hmm. a list of things you want to experience in your future. However, mm-hmm. you want to do that. But so you can't do it if your mind is wandering. Exactly. It's like when people sit down to pray and they're holding, you know, other people in their prayers. If they're stressed, they're filled with anxiety, what, what good is that? And But we find when you can still your mind, and I love this candle, then then you can open to the infinite wholeness and hold anybody in it, and they report over and over that they got healed or there's something well, shifted. what we know is that every time we take our attention off ourselves okay. is the moment we change. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. And and so the a good easy way an extra I won't say easy but a simple way of doing it is to f- is to start with this candle focus. If you want to start changing the way, if you want to start gaining control over your mind, well, that's profound. That's well, profound. Jim Jim has a new book coming out, Doctor Joe, um, how to meditate with your dog. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a great one. He just it's ready to go. It's just now going to print. It's just got a great um, what do you call that promo from Gene Houston? A, a great blurb. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you have I, any you books? Know, I think I read a review about that. I I, I, that I hope so. We've been we've been sending we've been sending this out to the world. It doesn't come out till October seventh. So do you have any books, Doctor Joe? Yes, my book called Evolving Your Brain. Evolving the Your Brain. Of creating personal reality will be out at the end of this year. Oh, okay. And, Excellent. Uh, I'm in the final, final run of this, and of course, when I wrote it first, the first time I wrote it to the most skeptical neuroscientist. Uh-huh. You know, you always speak to your biggest critic. Yeah. And I went back and read it and said, "Oh my God, no one, wants, no one's going to want to read this." So I'm rewriting it in a more of a conversational way that includes everybody. You know. Yeah. Go back and watch how you came across on what the bleep, and that'll reach the million. No, really. I mean, you. Well, that's you, who you I really am. Yeah. Is you know, and it's very authentic. Things. Exactly. Start making pretenses, and you uh-huh. down the wrong rabbit hole. Mm, <laughs> that is so great. Well, we really are are, are really fortunate. Uh, can you give us uh, just one? You know, we focus on the candle we'll open. Can you give us one technique or one way that people could begin to? We'd like to meet you here. We're already practicing this. <laughs> oh, and you'll be an easy audience to talk. Well, actually, they are, Doctor Joe. I hope. I think you're going to find people who live here are Mao. Have you been here before? Yes, I've been to Maui a few times. Okay, so you know there's there's probably a, a, a scotch more uh, openness and receptivity. Yeah, to a the, lot more relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and two, you know, the last uh, I taught Unity Basics one, and uh, I've taught it. I've been a minister 15 years, and you know. The last class, there were only four who hadn't been meditating at least ten years. So I mean, it's not your normal. <laughs> it's not your normal turn on beginning ground. So, yeah. and to yeah. finish that qu- mm-hmm. question about meditation, I don't have, I have no opposition to meditation. I think meditation is a great way to still the mind. But again, we have to focus on something. Though we have to focus on something. To focus on nothing means, according to the quantum law, we get nothing. <laughs> yeah. To focus on something then means then that we're intentionally observing a future. Didn't the Dalai now, Lama? You, t- oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say I, recently you were talking about how the Dalai Lama had had said the difference between the way they meditate and the way Westerners think they need to meditate. Well, I, you know, when I started, I thought you had to totally still your mind, and I mean that is the most stressful, painful thing. You know, just no thought. You know, and I finally had a chance. I was talking with the Dalai Lama, and and uh, he said, "Oh, that is more painful." He says, "Chinese torture." 
it's <laughs> easier than trying to steal your mind. What he does is he uh, meditates on Avalach. I can't say her name, but the the god the goddess of infinite compassion. So he is focusing on the idea of infinite compassion. Right. And of course, what do we see when you see the Dalai Lama? But the universe's friend. So it very yeah. much dovetails into what Joe's talking yeah, about. Yeah, it sounds like he's wired for it. He's okay. wired for deep, profound friendship and compassion. He's sitting there with the image of that goddess right in front of him. Yeah, and you see, we can be wired for anything. All we have to do is make it important enough. And of course, you know, the interesting, the most interesting thing is that most people spend the majority of their time responding to their external world. And if we're responding to the external world, what that means then is that the stimuli from our environment is activating the circuits in our brain to cause us to think equal to how the environment is predicting it. So we could only keep creating equal to our environment. In other words, the environment is creating our reality instead of us creating our reality. Bingo! So we we have to find a way, we have to make it so that the reverse happens, that we wake up instead of waking up in the morning and being a somebody, you know, with all your feelings and all your problems and all things that keep us enslaved, those voices that that start off the first part of the day, that we have to be able to develop a way in which those aren't the familiar circuits that we start the day with. Mm -hmm. If we start with those familiar circuits, we're basically warming up the brain for consciousness to live there the rest of the day. Mm. The idea then is to wake up and be somebody else. And Mm. revisit those circuits enough on a daily basis that that becomes the new person that you emerge as. Mm. And what are the limits of it? You're only limited by the knowledge that you gain. Well, it's music to this minister's ears, Dr. Joe. I, I want to ask you, I know your time is real valuable, but you just close today. Just give us an outline of your morning practice. We ask this of people we really admire, Dr. Mike. <laughs> you know, we do. We don't, we don't ask this of everybody, right. but people that we think are really onto something. How do, well, give us the first, uh, you know, what, how do you start your day? Because people are quick studies if they, if they can get it. Well, you know, again, when most people wake up in the morning, they wake up and they remember being themselves. You know, when you wake up in the morning, there's a period where you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you check in and then you remember, oh, I'm this person with this identity. Mm-hmm. What really is happening is that you're revisiting a part of your brain that's the most common and the most used. To wake up in the morning, and before you could even process enough thoughts for you to remember who you are, if you were to sit up and remember who you want to be and rehearse in your mind, just like you would rehearse playing the piano in your mind, scales and chords, rehearse who you were to be. What is the, my question I ask myself every morning is, what is the greatest ideal of myself I can be today? What is the greatest ideal? And once I ask that question, I have to stop the automatic programs that my brain normally runs at with its hardwiredness. I have to then stop that process and interrupt it to answer that question. And just as we know from a scientific standpoint, mental rehearsal grows new circuits in the brain, I rehearse who I'm going to be. And as a nobody, I begin to remember who I am. I begin to remember who I am, not who I was, but who I am. And if I practice that every single day, I begin to strengthen those circuits, which now becomes the stage in which I live the rest of my day. So what are those things? Can I be patient? Can I see everybody as equal? Can I live in the present moment? Can I live in joy? Can I be non-judgmental? Whatever it is for the person, can I be absolute vitality? Can I have unlimited energy? Can I have absolute genius and concentration? Could I have experiences that exist outside the realm of what I could presently understand? We're only limited to it by our ability to just create that ideal for ourselves. And that's what I do. I rehearse the ideal. And so then that becomes who I am in, in, in my day. And that is so beautiful. And, and whoever was listening is <laughs> verily, verily pay attention. <laughs> and it's very powerful. And if you didn't, you can see Dr. Joe live here on Maui. Right. And the tickets are on sale now at the Maui Arts Culture Center, 242 
7469 or go online, www.mauiarts.org. The lecture Friday night is $30. The seminar in Saturday afternoon, September 3rd, 1 to 5, The Science of Creating Personal Reality. You want to see them both. It's $60. You can get both of them for $80 if you purchase them now. So, Dr. Joe, thank you for taking time. Where do you live? I live uh, in Washington State. Oh, whereabouts? I live about... uh 40 minutes outside of Olympia in the country, and I've got a beautiful ranch huh. in the country. Mm, that is yeah. such a beautiful country up there. And you've got yeah. a big fire or something going on, don't you? you don't yeah, there was. I don't know if it's still it going, but of course I'm not in yeah. touch with the media too much because I'm traveling. Oh. Oh. Well, you made the big news. Um, yeah. I don't know if that <laughs> matters, the shuttle and uh, the big fire in Washington. Dr. Joe Dispenza, part of uh, the Awakening crowd on the planet. Thanks for being with us, and hopefully we'll talk to you before. Um, yeah, when we're when hoping you come we'll into be town. able to, you know, yeah, just do little blurps. Yeah, I Mary. I think it'll be fun. You are gonna love. Of course, Maui welcomes you, and uh, anyone listening, Dr. Joe Dispenza will be at the Maui Arts and Cultural Center. So, uh, come to Unity and find out more. Thanks a lot, Joe. All right, Dr. Joe. Joe. That's thank what you. they call you. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> we should hear from our sponsors. Well, let's do that then, and then we'll hear about the movies. We know we've Speaking got this great movies, thing yeah. coming up: movie night every Sunday at Unity. Last night, Jim, we had forty people for the video of David Hawkins. Wow. So there seems to be a real interest for the perennial f- teachers, and so we're going to put that going on at Unity. So if you want to learn more about Unity, Unity on Maui dot org, or come to the Maui Tropical Plantation and. We're going to hear from our uh, wonderful sponsors if you'd like to make a difference. Conversations with Friends is dedicated to supporting people who are making a difference on the planet, around the world, and right here at home. Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with a refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality. Or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic. Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's Premier Mortgage various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the Magicians at either office location. Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui, call 665-8800. Are you looking for a luxury resort property in Wailea, McKenna, or Kapalua? Or maybe you have a home that you'd like to sell. Ron Calvert and Scott Dean of Caldwell Banker Island Properties at the Grand Wailea Resort Hotel offer you experience, integrity, and a proven track record. They can be reached at 875-7000. Ron and Scott can also assist you in staging your home to maximize its potential. They can be reached at 875-7000. Give them a call. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. Now, once again, on Conversations with Friends... Here's Mary Omwake. And we're just delighted because we just had the greatest conversation. Jim, would you just say a few words because we're going to call... Um, I think she's call on the line. Christy's on Christy's the line. Christy's on the line. You hey. see how well... Christy even called us. Hi, well, Christy. Well, good morning. Hey, this is our movie maven for uh, <laughs> Maui. We had a huge success uh, Sunday night with uh, Fierce Grace, Ram Dosses. Thanks, Christy, for making that happen. Oh, well, it was totally my pleasure. And, yes, we had a lovely time. There was just a wonderfully uh, heartwarming evening of gathering in in Unity's living room-style viewing area, and we just had a great time. So we're doing it again this Sunday at 6 o'clock. And this coming Sunday, we are going to be showing Rumi, Poet of the Heart. Mm. And uh, it's another one of the series in the Spiritual Cinema Circle. And I have a little blurb on it right here, which says, this documentary brings to life a man and his poetry that have been gone from this earth for over 800 years. Known for his deeply spiritual love poems, Jalaluddin Rumi was a Sufi mystic with many devoted followers when an unlikely and mysterious muse named Shams came into his life. When Shams disappeared, the grieving Rumi gave life to beautiful poetry that still lives on today. So I have viewed this film, and it is just a very, very touching film. It runs for 58 minutes, 
And so that is about one hour of our time if we want to just kick back and relax and watch a wonderful movie at Unity. And, Christy, you know, last night, before you called in, um, I was telling him last night, on Monday nights, we are starting a video series of, um, I want to call them the Great Wisdom uh, some of the greatest, teachers. yeah. And we we started with David Hawkins, who I am a big fan of. I think he's one of the leading yeah. teachers right now. Very profound work. Anyone who's real is it kind of it's the it's the elementary one, power versus force, but he lays it down. But the eye of the eye and the eye, I feel, are just amazing. And what people said they want to do is come early and eat. And I thought, well, I bet there'd be some people with the movies. So we'll just let people know that we'll put out some ice water and put some tables out if anybody wants to come and bring bring their dinner and just talk to people. might be a nice thing to do, huh? Sure, and I was also going to mention that because these start at 6 and this particular one runs just about an hour, um, that there should be time for maybe talking about the movie afterwards if that uh, factors into anyone's time frame also. We got started a little bit late with the last one and the movie ran about an hour and a half, so there really wasn't much time for that. But um, that could quite possibly happen with this one, given the time frame. So those who'd like to come early and just... Uh, nosh with some people and do aloha gathering. Those who watch a great, comfortable movie, we do suggest a love offering of $5, but we, whatever you bring is perfect. And uh, you'll be with family and friends. And then it, it really is nice for those who prefer not to have a conversation afterwards. We bless you, and you're, you don't have to sneak out. You just, I love unity to say. You, it's time you know, to go home. It's, it's just honor, but I love the idea because I think last week I, I, I was so taken by Ram Dass and so impressed with his, his willingness to show his own process of moving consciously through the stroke where he says, I was stroked. I don't have a stroke. I was stroked. By God. I was stroked. <laughs> and he, just the way he, his courage and his depth and, and the fact that, that he's able to reach and bless so many people and, and still looking. He's still wanting to learn. He's still open. And he's now one more Maori residence. We're attracting the greatest souls on the planet. Yes. Which is only going to increase the vibration here. And it's just so good. So this is Christy Ellison, who is going to be the next Barry Rivers on Maui, starting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry. Barry and Stella, watch out! No, we we love the work that Barry and Stella do on the Wednesday yes, night movies we and their incredible film festivals. This is meant just to be a gathering um, for spiritually based or interesting. They don't. They may. We may go out of the way. I mean, I'm still advocating for a few <laughs> that I think are great. But anyway, it's it's six o'clock for the movie. That's right. On Sunday evening. Maui on High Street, 483 South High Street. You can go online, Unity on Maui. Is that up and yet running on our up on our bulletin board? On our website. Yeah. Why don't you call the church, Christy? Make sure they've got that. Okay. Okay, this is Christy Ellison. She'll be with us every week to tell us about the upcoming movie. Thank you for calling in. Thanks, Oh, Christy. my pleasure. Have a blessed Aloha. day. You did a great job. Thanks. Great. Rumi. The, oh, I love Rumi. Oh, oh, he's amazing. Hafiz, you know, this, Rumi. This all started, I guess, a couple of years ago when we did the Field of Dreams as our focus, and we decided to watch the movie as, a, as a part right. of the process. We did. And I remember going to the Rent-A-Center to, to, to rent a TV, and it's, That's right. it's such a cool idea to, to bring together people who share a, a connection in that amazing building. If you mm. haven't visited our sanctuary on High Street, it's, it's just... Such a sweet, a sweet, sweet space. We, well, we, and we pray it's in five minutes. Everyone's welcome to come uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 12 noon. 242 High Street. For, no, that's the phone number, oh, Jim. Okay. <laughs> well, it's High Street. It's, what is yeah, it's 483 High Street, 483. but it has a sign up front. There's flowers, and it says Unity. <laughs> It's a good day. I got here five minutes late. The people at 242 High Street are going to go, it's down the street. Who are those people? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, Jim, it's always good to be talking to you, and congratulations. You got a blurb by Gene Houston on your new best-selling book that's out in October. I'm very excited, and uh, we're getting some, all these people, you know, of course, deadlines are always fun because it's going to press, it's going to the printers, and that's when all of a sudden people are like, okay, did you want this? And we asked you a little while ago, but... Whenever it comes, it is divinely, you know, I am, I am very grateful for it, and it's divine grace. And Well, you did. You know, I called Jean's office yesterday, and she had literally about 100 manuscripts. She travels all over the world. But for dogs, Jim, oh. I'm sure she was happy. We're finding do. dog lovers coming out, and I'm discovering things about some celebrities who are like, like, for example, did you know that Clint Eastwood is allergic to dogs? No, so, so he didn't give you so a big... He, his answer was, I'm allergic to dogs. But, you know, it was it was interesting. You, you 
this process of getting blurbs, as they're known in the, in the mm-hmm. publishing industry, mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because you talk to all sorts of folks and you go through their media handlers and everything, and you finally get through to them. And usually they are taken by by the work, but they're so they get bombarded. I mean, it's not unusual for some of these people to get a hundred or 200 oh. manuscripts a month. Oh, Wayne Dyer told me, Mary, please don't give my name and number out. He said, not that I don't want to. He said, but I'm sitting with, I, I think, I don't know how many he told me. He said, but it's a stack. And, of course, they read them. They, they really, if they're going to. In gonna, order to blurb it, they, got, they, they have to read They are going to read them. Otherwise, God bless they can them. get embarrassed. And, you know, I love, I'm still still on a high. I, I wasn't able to be with Wayne at the Maui Arts and Cultural Center, so I'm listening to his tapes again mm-hmm. and again. And he has something really profound to say. It's if watch every thought and word you speak which is not new for anyone in new thought but i really have i don't know why it turned on if you don't want to experience it don't talk about it and that applies to the news i mean he uses that example a lot when it applies to the national news and the international news and i think he was talking about the terrorist bombings and see i watch it totally different because I, I love the world and i love i think every news every news program is a prayer request mm-hmm. And but and I'm fascinated by what's in the world. But I w- I got up early this morning to watch the space shuttle land. And I'm sure to a great extent there was a lot of prayers. People a lot of people were praying for the safe return of the space shuttle and, because and so many people watched what happened last time. Yeah, so prayers, but also what's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is <laughs> us. I mean, not us. me, but yeah. I'm a part of this. Humans, right? And, and I always say the same genius as I said on Sunday. The same genius that could get that rocket ship up there and find that foam and solve it, mm-hmm. that genius, when it's turned loose to create wor- uh, communities that work, educational systems that work, when we put that kind of energy on what's possible mm. and get that excited about it, which I, I think is just around the corner. I do, too. I do, and, and Dr. Joe talked about it, and us living in the vibration mm-hmm. of the world we want to see. Mm-hmm. But you got to have, from time to time, know a little bit about the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's that map thing. Any map will work, but you got to know where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, So if you don't know where you're at, it doesn't matter how it's a little hard to is. get there. But um, I do want to close today with um, th- some, a program that we're doing at church called Unexpected Blessings and Increased Income. Mm-hmm. And we're inviting people to do what Dr. Joe's time at is really focus on the ideal that you want to live in. And part of that is becoming conscious of the ways you're already blessed. Uh, if you're sitting here listening to us someplace on Maui, you have to be to hear this. Mm-hmm. If you just took a deep breath and looked around right away, you've got infinite numbers of blessings. True. The beauty and the aloha and the vibration. And it just invites us every day to focus on the way God is sourcing us, the way our world is unfolding in a positive way. And what we know is that as we thank God for our ever-increasing good, as we send out blessings, those blessings begin to increase and manifest mm-hmm. until finally we realize um, we're living from glory to glory. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not from stumbling walk to drama to terrible event. No, from glory to glory. We start to see it's just a flow. But it starts with changing our mind. And that's what we're talking about. So I invite people to call the church and pick up this unexpected blessing. We've got a prayer ministry praying with people. We have affirmations you use every day. And I'm just going to close with them, Jim. Okay. This is our prayer treatment. I dwell in the midst of God's infinite good. The abundance of God is my infinite source. With God as my source, nothing is too good to be true and nothing is too wonderful to happen. I now open my mind to receive my good. The river of life never stops flowing. It flows through me into lavish and beautiful expression. I give freely and fearlessly into life and life gives back to me with fabulous increase. Blessings continuously come in expanded and unexpected ways. God is always providing for me in wonderful ways, and I am grateful. Thank you, God. Have a blessed day. That's beautiful, Mary. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Aloha. Aloha.